Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElhern. And I'm Jeff Carlson. The weather has been really bad here in May. It's been the wettest month on record or the wettest May on record. And one day last week, we had some sun and I went out to take some photos. And fortunately, when I leave the house, I always turn on my camera and I check things. And I got that little warning, no SD card. So I ran back in and got an SD card and I could go out and take a bunch of photos. I bet you do that every time you go out, right? Um, well, I do now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I ran into the situation where... Uh, I did not have that. For some reason, in my, my X-T1, my Fuji X-T1 that I used to have, um, there's a setting. And I don't know why this wasn't set. Maybe because I was testing something. But in all cameras, I think there's a setting that says that, that does exactly what you just said. It will alert you if there's no SD card. Mine was turned off. And I was in Hawaii. And so my wife and I, we went out to the beach and there was a beautiful sunset and there were surfers and I had like a, a decent sized lens and I just had a lovely evening photographing surfers on burst mode looking for really good waves and light. It was glorious. And then I sat down in the sand and I went to check my images because I wasn't chimping. I was paying attention to what was going on because there was action going on in the sunset. And there was nothing. And and this, the Fuji X-T1 has only one card slot. And so all that time, I had not recorded a single pixel. Now, I can look back on that and say, but I had a really good time. And I enjoyed myself. And the weather was nice. And I was on vacation. And you probably remember that sunset much better than if you had a photo of it. Well, see, now, not so much, because I mostly just remember sitting in the sand and thinking, <laughs> I actually call myself a photographer. How could I have done this? It's not like I just bought this camera and went out for the first time. I don't know how to use this. I'm just going to wing it. No, I write about this stuff. I do a podcast about this stuff. And I... I just felt like such an ignorant failure that I forgot to include an SD card. So guess what? My camera now tells me when there isn't an SD card in the slot. Well, first of all, I'm surprised you can turn that setting off. Why would you want to? The, the only no reason idea. would be if you're tethering your camera to a computer, but I, I'd still want to get that warning no matter what. Yeah, I, I have no idea. You know, maybe it was a glitch in the camera. Maybe it was just the universe trying to teach me a lesson. But for whatever reason, it didn't do that. Let me ask, did you parlay that experience into an article? I believe I did. I, I, there, I, I must have. You made money yeah. out of there it. There we go. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk about SD cards today because I guess we all kind of need SD cards unless our cameras are tethered to a computer. Um, I don't really think about SD cards much at all. We were talking before the show. We're going to have some links in the show notes to, to a wonderful article you've written explaining all the, the confusing lingo and abbreviations on SD cards. And, you know, every time I've needed a new SD card, I've just looked at what was the fastest, what was affordable. 
And so we were talking before the show. You were saying that one of your SD cards will cost like $40. And I'm looking back in my Amazon orders the past few years. In 2019, I bought 128 gig micro SD. We'll talk about the difference between micro and normal SD. SanDisk Extreme, UH3, up to 160 megabytes per second. And it was £16.59. So I've never, I don't think I've ever paid a lot of money for an SD card. Of course, back in the day, I would have bought a 16 gig for that price. I wouldn't have bought the 128 because that would have been more expensive. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things about going and, and buying an SD card um, is you're right. You can look and see all sorts of deals and it's really tempting to say, wow, I can get, you know, 64 gig of storage in a card and it's going to cost me nine dollars holy cow but this is kind of a minefield because you kind of have to know what you're looking for there are lots and lots of different specs is it uhs1 are we talking about bus speed are we talking about video speed are we talking about uh, UHS speed for SDXC cards, and what's the read amount, and what's the write amount, and suddenly you're like, oh, well, maybe I can just spend $9 on this, <laughs> but is it even going to work? If I decide to shoot video, is, is it not going to work at all? So that's how they upsell you, isn't it? They, they tease you with the $9 card, but then you come and you have to spend... Ooh, a whole 16 pounds here for the <laughs> 128 Evo Plus Class 10 U3, 100 megabytes per second. I mean, let's face it, SD cards are cheap. They didn't used to be cheap. SD cards are cheap. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is for cameras, but the other is for other mobile devices like Android phones where you can use a micro SD card for storage. If you're worried about whether it's going to be fast enough, just spend 40 bucks or 50 bucks for the one that looks like it's the best. I mean, there, there's a couple of brands. There's SanDisk, there's Samsung, there's Kingston, there's Lexar. They're probably all equivalent. Um, you'll probably find tests online that check the speed and that one's a megabyte faster than the other, and that really doesn't matter. You probably shouldn't waste a lot of time trying to decide. I think minimum class 10 UHS-3 V30 the read and write speed, unless you're shooting 4K video, it doesn't matter. Because even 4K video, you only need 60 megabytes per second. The only time you really need to worry about a card is if you're going to be shooting in burst mode a lot. And so your camera's going to take photos and store them in the buffer and try to get them in the card as much as possible. If you've ever tried this with a slow SD card, it goes click, 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 because it can't shoot a picture until it's offloaded it to the SD card. Yeah. Now... I'm glad you said all that because we really need to unpack a lot of that stuff because suddenly I had these visions of, oh no, I'm like caught in a podcast that only talks about specs and, and, <laughs> and speeds and what, what have we become? Well, but that's why for me, I'm just going to find the one that looks like it's good enough mm -hmm. and then get the next level up. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So and when you have three choices, you never choose the cheapest one. They try to sell you the middle one, but sometimes the, the more expensive one is better. And you want to future-proof yourself in some ways as well. But honestly, if you, if you can get an SD card for 15 bucks now, I wouldn't worry about it being good enough for your next camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, there, are always, there are always exceptions, which is kind of the crazy thing about this. So for example... 
Um, let's just sort of pluck one of those things out. Cards have a UHS bus speed. So UHS means ultra high speed because marketing, I guess. <laughs> um, and so when you look at one of your cards, it'll have a little Roman numeral on it. It'll either have like a one, a two, or a three. What this refers to is um, how fast the, the data is getting transferred. So if you turn over your SD card, you'll probably see one row of little um, brass or gold, I don't know what, what the material is, one row of pins, and that's how the card connects to the camera and the data is transferred. If you have a card that is UHS-2, and it has a little Roman numeral 2 on the card, that adds a second row of pins, and that can increase the speed up to 312 megabytes per second. But only if you have a camera that has two rows of pins. Exactly. That's the point I was trying to make, because you may have a camera that doesn't support that. My X-T1, for example, would only support UHS-1. So if you spent extra money to get a UHS-2 card, then basically you just have this extra row of pins that aren't being used, and also the speed benefit goes away. So... I would venture to say that most cameras in the last couple of years probably support UHS-2. There's also a UHS-3, but that's one of the things to look for when you're buying a card. Make sure that it is compatible with your camera. Yes, I'm looking in the manual for my X-T3, and it says both UHS-1 and UHS-2 bus interfaces are supported. Um, one thing I do know is in my X-T3, the first slot is faster than the second slot. Yeah, I think that's correct. And I'm not exactly sure why they do that, unless it's just a cost-saving measure or maybe it's a compatibility measure. Right, and you'll find this in the specs of the camera and the manual. Now, talking about multiple slots is interesting because we were talking before the show, um, some people will use two cards and two slots um, duplicating things as redundant backups in some ways, but you shoot your RAW on one slot and your JPEGs on the other. Yes. Yeah, so, and your camera will have different options for this um, because I do like to shoot RAW plus JPEG, but having two slots in my camera means that I can split them out. So my RAW images just get saved to card one, the JPEG versions get saved to card two, and then when it comes time for me to import the photos into my computer, I just grab the card that has the raw images. And so you might ask, well, then what's the point of the other one? And it's Well, then what's the point of the other one? <laughs> Good cue. <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, I use it strictly as backup, but also when you're connecting wirelessly to most cameras, uh, you can't transfer raw files. You can only transfer JPEG files because of the, the bandwidth, I think. And so in occasionally when I want to pull an image off my camera straight away and maybe share it on Facebook or send it to a friend, and I don't want to have to pop the cards out and find an adapter and go through all of that, then I have that JPEG already that I can just transfer to my phone wirelessly. Right. So while you were saying that, I looked at the manual for my Fujifilm XE4, uh -huh. and it only has one slot, and it's only UHS-1. Wow. How can you manage? 
I don't know. You're like in the I, dark ages. It's funny. There is a thing among photographers uh, that is, you know, if your camera does not have two slots, it's not worth using. And there are yeah. some cameras now, like even brand new cameras like that, that only have one slot because it, it would be impractical to fit two slots in there. And basically, I think you're going to know exactly what we're going to say here, which is don't listen to that garbage. Yes, <laughs> having two slots is is very helpful, uh, especially because you can also set it up if you are shooting a lot or if you're shooting video for example you can set it up so that one card fills up and then it automatically goes to the next card so you're not having to worry about switching cards more often like that's super helpful but you know it's not that difficult to look down and see oh i'm almost out of space i'm going to take this card out i'm going to put a new card in as long as you don't lose your card you have a system for keeping track of those you're going to be fine. And your camera's going to tell you when you're getting low on space. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I think there have only been a, maybe a handful of times when I've been shooting so much, and this was actually uh, in years past when maybe I, I didn't have, you know, as capacious of cards that, that we have now, that I've run into the situation where, like, oh, no, I'm I'm running out of space and I need to grab another card. I think th there was just one photo workshop I was on where I, like I ran out of cards. I didn't bring enough and I had to borrow <laughs> somebody else's card. You know, and it, it it worked out fine, but for most of us it's just not going to be an issue. I want to talk about pricing again. We mentioned that they're relatively cheap. And so I'm on the Amazon UK website, um SanDisk Ultra. Good cards. Mm -hmm. um, they're UHS-1, 120 megabits per second. So fast enough for most things. 64 gigabytes is 1068. 128 gigabytes is 1948. 200 gigabytes, which is weird that they have a 200. That's 29 pounds. That is. 256 is 35 pounds. 400 gigabytes is 64 pounds. 500 gigabytes is 95 pounds. And one terabyte is 182 pounds. Now... I'm just thinking about having multiple cards and, you know, we're thinking back five years when cards were so much more expensive. Yeah. While a terabyte is a lot and you probably don't need that, you've got 512 gigabytes for less than 100 pounds, probably around $100 in the U.S. Yeah, it's it's frankly amazing. And I, I have to say, as a sort of now verified old person uh, on the internet and in photography, um, you know, the, the idea of putting a terabyte, I could put two terabytes in my camera. That's how much I have in my MacBook Pro, right? So that brings up a curious thought, which is if I put two, let's say I put two 500 gigs, let's be, let's be a little more reasonable. I get two 500 gig cards, right? And I put those in. Unless I'm going absolutely nuts, I'm never going to have to to replace those cards, right? Well, here's a curious thing about SD cards. Maybe you don't want those massive cards because what if one of them fails? What if you lose one of them? That's a lot of pictures that are now just gone. So there's an argument to be made that it would be better to have maybe four 64 gig cards or 428 gig cards 
and be able to swap between them just in case disaster happens. That's a good idea. Now, I'm thinking that when I turn on my XT4 or my XT3 and the card is empty, the camera tells me I have something like 4,000 photos and that's shooting RAW and JPEG. Yeah, Um, yeah. There are not a lot of situations. This is a 128 gig card. Not a lot of situations where I'm going to be shooting 4,000 photos. Now, obviously, if you're shooting video, it's different. This is a photo podcast, not a video podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there is something to be said at the low price of 64 gig cards to maybe having multiple cards. And, And I've never thought of it that way, but I think next time they're on sale on Amazon, I'm going to get a half a dozen 64 gig cards so I can always have some in my camera bag or my knapsack just in case. Yeah, yeah. So I shoot a, a fair bit more than you do, sort of, you know, in, in bursts, not in burst mode. I'll go out and maybe shoot a thousand photos at a photo shoot or something like that. And I just have a pair of 64 gig cards and that's what I use and I've not run into any space issues. So, you know, if you're shooting video, then it becomes more of an issue. But even so, I've done some video stuff, and it's, it's usually been a little shorter video stuff, but I still haven't filled up 128 gigs of video. So it really depends on, on what you're going to use your, your, your shooting for, because... You also don't want to just have a whole lot of extra space lying around that that you're not using, right? Okay, I want to just mention something in passing. Um, There's apparently an awful lot of counterfeit SD cards being sold. Oh, great. So if you buy on Amazon, make sure it's shipped by, sold by Amazon and shipped by Amazon. Don't ever buy from third parties. And even from other photo stores, I'd be a bit hesitant um, I've not looked into this, but I know it's just a really common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything more about this? I don't, only that this is sort of the the crapville that Amazon has become because they allow these um, third parties that just have no no scruples. And then it becomes your problem, and you don't want to do that, especially for something like this. You know, it's, it's, it's 20 bucks... If you're going to get the absolute best deal, maybe you'll spend a couple dollars less. And it's just not worth a hassle because, remember, we're, we're shooting digitally. We are saving bits to little bits of, of memory. And if you get a counterfeit card and you're out shooting and it stops, well, it's not that your card has failed and oh darn i don't have a piece of equipment that's not working so all those photos that you just shot could be gone or garbled or you have to go spend some time to recover them and you know already just like my head hurts thinking about this it's not worth the hassle okay so let's talk about how you get the photos from your camera to your computer and i got a new imac and i took out my sd card and i went to stick it in the back of the <laughs> imac and there's no slot anymore and no, i have no, to no, think no, of a no. new way of doing this you, you have to press it against the chin of the imac ah, and then you it, sing a song and you do a little dance and then you have to do a jeff goldblum impression and oh. that's how it works Okay. Yeah. So new iMacs don't have an SD card slot. Um, Apple laptops haven't had SD card slots in a long time. I don't know about Windows PCs or whatever. Now, there are about 70 billion different 
SD card readers available on the market. Yes. They come in all sizes and shapes, and they have wires, or they plug directly into a USB port. Um, I found the best solution. I have a USB-C cable coming out of my iMac, and I connect it to my camera. I don't even take the card out of the camera anymore. That's such a radical idea anymore. <laughs> also because that probably also charges the battery in your in your camera, doesn't it? It does. So I can just put my camera on my desk, connect it, pull the photos off in image capture, and just let it sit there until it's fully charged. That's... You've blown my mind yet again. <laughs> <laughs> it's true now. So um, recent Fujifilm cameras, I've got the X-T3, which is, what, two years old, and the X-T4, which is recent. They have USB-C. I don't know what other brands are doing with USB-C. Um, they might have micro USB, in which case you can have a USB cable from your computer that goes to micro USB. And again, it will charge and it will copy the data. Why take the card out? Um, well, that's a very good point. Because there's always a question of manipulation. And also, if you take the card out, you can forget to put it back in. I would never do that. <laughs> <clears throat> now, it's different if you're on the road. Let's say you want to put um, photos onto an iPad. You use that Apple Lightning to SD card adapter or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And then you can stick the card in. There's no, I don't think you can go USB-C from the camera to the iPad yet. I don't think that's possible, is it? Ah, but you're wrong. Actually, it does work. Or let's let's be honest, it can work in some situations. I was able to connect my X-T3 to my iPad Pro. This is a 2018 iPad Pro, and they both have USB-C. So it is possible to do that. I think one reason that I like having the adapters is that I can grab the card out of my camera and just have that hanging off the side of my MacBook Pro or my iPad. And so I'm not sort of juggling a camera there also. And that also depends on what situation I'm in. You're sitting there with your iMac, you've got desk space, it's, it's already set up for it. If I'm either out in the field somewhere or I'm on the couch downstairs, it's just a little bit easier for me to grab the card out. And I have a couple of, of little adapters. So, you know, I'm juggling small things instead of juggling big things, I guess, is the difference. There's another advantage to connecting your camera to your iPad. The camera will charge from the iPad. It makes sense. I, I totally forgot about that. There's an Apple support document we'll link to in the show notes. It says, use the versatile USB-C port on iPad Pro 11-inch and iPad Pro 12.9-inch to charge the device, power other devices, and to connect to accessories such as cameras and displays. Now, that's nice. I'd, I'd want to try this to make sure because it says charge the device, power other devices, and connect to cameras and displays. Yes, I can confirm I just hooked up these two, and uh, it is charging my camera. I never even paid attention to that. Yeah, so if you're out taking photos and you run out of battery, you can deplete the battery on your iPad, if you have a recent iPad Pro, to mm -hmm. charge your camera. Yeah. That's pretty useful. That is pretty useful. So what other ways can you get um, photos onto a computer? Well, actually, I want to uh, step back real quick and just say one thing about the adapters that you can get. So, for example... Um, there are, are little standalone adapters, memory card adapters. Um, there are hubs. A lot of different USB-C hubs will have an SD card reader built in. But just as with the compatibility with the UHS-1 and UHS-2 cards, 
there are also adapters that are going to be compatible with UHS-1 or UHS-2. So if you want to make sure that you're getting the fastest transfer speed, you will also want to use a compatible adapter. Plus, USB-C cables are, as Steve Jobs once said, a bag of hurt. Some of them transfer at a certain speed, some of them slower and faster, some of them can deliver power, some of them can't. It's just incredibly complicated. We'll link in the show notes to a wire cutter article about USB-C cables where they talk about the, the cables you want if you want to transfer data, if you want to charge, because there are different speeds from USB-A speed to five gigabits per second to 10 gigabits per second, and different cables allow different amounts of power. And it's like, just go back to shooting film. <laughs> it's much harder to transfer film over a USB-C cable. True, but <laughs> it's really frustrating that we have so many variables here. Um, yeah. As you say, you've got the reader that has a certain speed. You've got the card. You may have a cable that goes mm -hmm. to the, the reader or whatever, because some of these readers are just little adapters. So maybe you've got a USB-A to USB-C adapter or USB-C to USB-A adapter. And is that going to be the bottleneck in speed? Right, right, right. So the, one of the things, when I wrote that article that just breaks down the specs of SD cards, um, that was sort of a, a side article that wasn't even a side. I was writing an overview of a lot of these little SD card adapters because at the time the MacBook Pros had all switched to USB-C. This was fairly new, and so I got in a bunch of little ones to just to test all the speeds. Um, well, we'll link to that in the show notes too. And this separate article I wrote just because I needed to, to get it all straight in my head. Well, most of the adapters I had were only UHS-1 speeds. And so when I had my two-row UHS-2 card, it would still take a relatively long time to get that data into the computer. And so I needed to get a UHS-2 compatible adapter. And the one that I liked, uh, there's one called the Verbatim USB-C Memory Card Adapter, I think it, that's what it's called. And basically, it has a slot for a, an SD card, a slot for a micro SD card, and... Um, actually supports the UHS-2 spec. And so when you are importing things from the card, it's faster and a little more convenient. One thing I want to point out, if you're using a micro SD card in your camera, you're using it in an adapter, which is the normal SD card size. So you don't really need a micro SD card reader. You would maybe want to use that if you've got a drone that uses a micro SD card directly or yeah. the dash cam in my car uses a micro SD card um, on its own. So in most cases, you don't need the difference. We're talking about the speed. I want to jump back to something. Apple sells a couple of devices. The Lightning to SD card camera reader, they say it has up to USB 3 speeds, but the USB-C to SD card reader, they say it's UHS-2 and backwards compatible with other SD cards. Now, I think the difference is Lightning slower, so it's not going to get the faster speed, so it doesn't matter, um, but the USB-C is going to be faster. Going back to the whole kerfuffle about USB-C cables, Spend the 39 bucks or whatever it is to buy the Apple one. You know it's going to work. It's not – if you're buying it for an iPad, don't waste your money on something else. Yeah, yeah. And if people aren't really familiar, like why are these such a big mess and why 
Are these cables expensive? Um, there's actually a little microprocessor on each end that's doing a lot of the work. It's not just passing data over some copper. And, and you know, there are companies that cheap out on that, and that's why you end up with some flaky performance. In terms of getting things onto your computer, what's nice is, unless you're really in a hurry, you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money on, you know, like a, a big old adapter or a big old dock, um, you know, because you can pop it in, go grab something to drink if you have a lot of data. So, you know, basically, like, don't stress out about all this stuff. I know that we've thrown a whole bunch of specs and a whole bunch of speeds. And um, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm going to throw in one more. Remember that with all sorts of storage media, uh, the impressive number that's on the front, like these, these SanDisk cards, it get 170 megabytes per second. Sounds really fast. It is really fast. However, that's sort of the, the ideal scenario. It's never going to be that fast. And that's also the read speed. So if you are doing something that's really going to need fast write speeds from your camera, basically video, look up the, the write speed. And that can be like 90 megabytes per second. It's never going to be as fast as the read, but you get the idea. Okay, do what Jeff said. Don't stress out, drink. <laughs> stress out and drink. I love that. That's a great place to end this. Okay, our snapshots? My snapshot this week, we're talking about uh, charging, charging your batteries. And I recently picked up a little USB-C charger for my battery. I used to have... Um, one of these that I think literally fell apart, uh, it was fine while it lasted, and someone pointed me to this Nightcore FX1 digital USB camera battery charger. Now, the FX1 part, I believe, refers to the compatibility with the Fuji batteries that I have, but this company, of course, will make chargers for all sorts of different cameras. And what's nice about this USB camera charger is it has a way to connect two batteries at once, and it will charge them fairly fast. Like it, they say it takes two hours. And it's got a little uh, LED at the top that gives you a, a little more information about uh, you know, what the charging status is. Uh, it was 30 bucks, and I find even though I could charge my camera from my iPad, uh, it is nice to be able to have a little USB charger that I can plug into a USB battery bank and be able to just charge something, let's say if I'm in between locations or don't have the opportunity to get to a wall charger and I want to make sure that I'm not going to show up somewhere and have depleted batteries. What do you have this week? I've got a book. It's called Blue Violet by Sig Harvey. Most of this book is about flowers, but there are all sorts of texts where she's talking about flowers and, and the garden and things like that. And me, who appreciate black and white photos mostly, I'm, I'm somewhat moved by the occasional book of color photos that is, are just color for the sake of being color, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like the color is almost as important as the subjects of the photos. It's, it's a curious book the way it's printed because every page is a double page, which in the sense that picture a double page that hasn't been cut. 
right? So when you turn a page, it's two pages that hasn't been cut. And I think what that does is it gives the pages more weight without having thicker pages, right? So weird type of, of printing. Huh. Um, but it's a lovely book. I think it's already out of print. This came out just a few weeks ago, and I pre-ordered one on Amazon, and I follow um, Sig Harvey on Instagram. She said it was already out of print. There'll be more. Uh, but I find a lot of photo books go out of print very quickly. Yeah. Um, so if there's a photographer you like, you should really pre-order their photo books in order to get them. Some of them aren't reprinted. It depends on the printing technology, how expensive it is. So Blue Violet by Sig Harvey. Lots of colors. Okay, so go check your SD cards. I would suggest if you've got some really old SD cards, throw them out because they're like any kind of drive that's going to get used up over time. Um, if, if you've got a bunch of 16 gig SD cards, go to Amazon, find the next ones that are on sale, get 64s, and you'll be a lot safer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the M. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photoactivecast. That's photoactivecast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast app.